All right. So um, yeah. So today, my people. Uh, so today, um, I figured we're going to talk about creating custom installers, and I'm going to be specific here: custom basic install scripts via PowerShell, similar to what I've used over the last five, ten years to install like apps that I've made myself, right? Or the people on my teams have made or that have been brought to my teams and needed to be installed. Um, I do want to differentiate, right? MSIs, um, you know, nine times out of 10. And before we started recording, Antoine was asking me about this, like um, MSIs, I, I should say even more than nine times out of 10, you can do a one line command in SCCM and go through the the application wizard and there's not much you have to do, right? Um, usually it's like MSI exec slash I, um, name of the file slash Q to make it quiet. Um, every time I did this, I would always add in to that. So it's slash QN and then slash no restart. Um, I added those two in so that it was a little more silent and anything that needed a restart, um, you know, these installs would happen at a time where it was, where restart would, would come up afterwards at some point. Um, you know, but that's that's another conversation. Um, on the expanded note, um, on for EXE installers, um, you know, a lot of the wrappers for EXE installer, installers are pretty good, and you can do like slash silent, slash very silent, or or some combination of that, and then put a lot of the command flags in there. Um, I'm more interested. You know, today's conversation is more interested in the things that aren't getting wrappers. And some people may be listening to this and going, like, why don't you just get Install Shield or something like that? It's not very expensive. And that's true. It's not very expensive. Um, the reason I haven't um, is because, and, and this has come up a few times, it's about um learning overhead right and supportability and also you know what philosophically speaking it's a great way to teach people who are learning how to work windows systems um because they should understand how there there's my echo Um, they should understand how like installers work on a on a basic level, right? If they're going to be supporting these things, they should be uh, understanding how these things work. So, um, you know, Antoine and I have worked on several of these apps. Uh, I know at one point I pretty much had a template that's that's pretty straightforward for most applications that got deployed in this way. Um, I think 
there's a conversation uh you know you'll see on our on our um youtube channel the meeting where antoine talks about our hooking in our connection of team city to sccm the installers there are more complicated um than what we're going to demonstrate today but um now, I'm actually not even going to demonstrate it. I'm just going to to walk through the basics of these these lines of code, um, because well, you know, it, you know, everybody's going to do something a little bit different um, for their environment, and so I don't want to say this is how you have to do it, um, but. There are things here that are important to have on any kind of script, and I, I pared it, this down to the bare minimum. There will always be more things attached to these. Um, um, Antoine, you gonna say anything? Still quiet. You're on mute. Well, you never have me, your video on. It, it took me a second to switch over from my my desktop to my phone because my my wife is about to do a work call and so now i'm hiding and she uses so your I, computer no but like we're in the same room right next to each other and she talks loud well, as long as you're not in the bathroom unlike some people i don't know if they'll be watching this you know my my wife is a loud talker too uh, there was a, a stretch where my where we were close together while she would do some calls and you know i'd be on a call and everybody go like is that your wife in the background yes wow she is loud how close is she to you she's in another room wow she is and she can project that voice for a little person she really can't project that voice oh i'm sorry for um, you I bet you get calls from <laughs> everywhere in the house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here in the basement, right? And, um, you know, towards the front of the house, she's up on the main floor towards the front of the house, but on the other side of the house. I can still hear her pretty clearly when she's on the phone. Yeah, that, yeah. My wife is me and her. We're like literally probably maybe six feet from each other. So she's talking. And oh, talking. Yeah. yeah. So I figured, I, you know, she's doing official work stuff. I can come go into my garage and <laughs> do a podcast. And you're lucky. You're not. You're not in a lot of meetings, right? When when my wife and I were were share were in much closer proximity, I was managing. The desktop team so it was i was constantly in meetings right until until that fateful day where i i lost my my fight to the death against my successor in a kiddie pool full of cream corn that is, sounds very uncomfortable for everybody <laughs> <laughs> I wore a speedo. <laughs> it just it just got even more uncomfortable. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, Anton's very familiar with with a lot of this. Um, 
you know, there, you know, I'm saying this and I'm looking at this and I go, oh yeah, there's some fluff here. And that's probably because I copied and pasted stuff from, from one of our older ones, which I had a guy who worked for me who was, who would sometimes get fancy. And then he put in, he put in this computer, computer equals localhost there. At no point in looking at the rest of this code, do you ever see reference to localhost or computer? So, yeah, I don't need that line. It's just but, in preparation. It's all in preparation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would, I will say, on scripts where I installers where I need the computer name, I would actually get the computer name um, through through other queries, not say localhost because if I if I'm trying to get that name, I actually need the name, right? There's there's something attached to that 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 work. So. Um, that makes, I mean, that makes sense that you might, especially for like uh, maybe situations where you might be logging to uh, a centralized database or something, and you know you, wanna, you want to, you want specifics like that. So that, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But local desk destination, that's pretty straightforward, right? We, we have a, a place we want this stuff to go, and so we're going to work off of that. And so in this case, um, and in this case, I have an application. We're going to call it's called Jordy, right? In honor of Lieutenant Jordy LaForge from Star Trek: The Next Generation, right? I am a nerd. I do not, I do not have issue with that. Um, all right. So, in this, I check: does this, ex does this, um, does this path exist? Yes or no? Um, if it does, you know, I use a try-catch loop on this. There are some people that will question my choice of the try-catch loop here. Um, you know, free to disagree. Uh, you know, when I, when I do stuff in Python, I don't use try-except very much. But in PowerShell, I do use try-catch quite a bit. Um, there's obviously good reason to not use it, but as far as error handling is concerned, PowerShell's not as good as Python is. Um, in the dealing with some is, things, try catch is pretty good with it. Like uh, you can, I believe you can go down and indicate exactly what error you're looking for, and then you can base your catch off of the specific oh. area, uh, the error that you're receiving. No, you're. And you can do that in Python too. I think I think where, what I mean by that, is that you can do. You can do things in Python and have null values and not throw up errors. Whereas Python, I mean, where PowerShell, may very well throw up an error and your script kind of, kind of chokes on on that, and so. I I also think it's a cycle. I think it's it's also a mental thing between 
how Python developers write code versus how PowerShell developers write code, right? These are two culturally very different people, different groups of people, different types of developers um, who handle things very differently and also really have a different customer base. So, um, you know, I say this, don't be ashamed to use try-catch. Um, in in the PowerShell world, you know you will get shamed apparently in Python world, but don't don't feel shame doing it in in PowerShell world. Um, anyways, it has, its, it has its advantages over uh, if else, in my opinion. Yes, 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 it does. Um, you know, and then what it does is if it sees this, and now people are going to, you know, I'm going to get to other people commenting on what the catch is doing, which is testing if this, if this, if this folder exists, and then, um, and then deleting this file, Jordy.exe, if it exists. Okay, we're going to get to that in a minute. Why, why I don't do more detailed information about is this version of is this the right version of Jordy or whatnot? You can. Get that information, but but um, I might as well get to it here, right? This is written to work through SCCM. Version information is stored in SCCM, and SCCM is tying. And we're going to get to what it's looking at and how we. Um, I don't have a view for SCCM to show, but you know, we'll. You know, we don't need that for right this moment, right? For this particular case, right? Anyways, removes this exe. Then, next step, it goes. It copies the exe that's in the folder that this um, install.ps1 is running from. Copies this into the local destination on the machine. Um, in this case, you don't need recurse enforce. Um, you know, recurse would be if you're copying everything from the folder in the folder over. In this case, we're just copying the exe. We don't need anything else. By the way, I will note that this exe is a PowerShell script actually that's wrapped up as an exe. Um, you know, but there's nothing special about it otherwise. Um, next step. Now, this is this is optional. This section here is optional, but I like doing it for the customers. I like making life easy for the IT people, which is this: these two steps, and, and all we need is one of them, right? Um, it's creating a, a shortcut on for people. Now it's doing it twice, right? Once it's doing it for on the user's desktop. And in this case, I actually put it in public. That way, it's viewable by everybody and that uses the machine. Um, you know, so the first part is it gets the name of the the file or the shortcut. Um, then goes through the process of creating the shortcut, creating the target path, and then saving it. Um, you can also do quite a few things in here, like adding icons and whatnot, if 
if you so choose. Um, you know, you can add all those all those fields. If if you looked at like create at like what your short desktop shortcuts look like, if you looked at the detailed properties, you can add all of that into this um, into this information so that it's there. Um, Anyways, once it goes through that step, it creates a shortcut on the desktop. And then the following step would be to then take a look. And again, we see another try catch, right? It tries to create a new, new item in the registry. Now, this is the important part here because this registry information here is and I realize as I'm looking at this, I'm using WoW 64-32 node, which I shouldn't be because technically this is a 64-bit application, but that doesn't matter too much. Anyways, it creates a file. Now, for those of you listening, um, HK Local Machine software, we're using WoW 64-32 node, Microsoft Windows current version, uninstall. That's the location where, in this case, that's the location for 32-bit applications in the Windows registry. For 64-bit, it's software, Microsoft Windows current version, uninstall. And that's the 64-bit version. But we recreate the new key. Within the key, we put in two entries, display name, Right, and so we have this display name, Thad's help tool. Right, property type is a string. And then finally, we put in a version number. I rely on the version numbers, um, or at least when I was doing SCCM, I relied heavily on the version numbers because as we updated it, that version number would increment up. So then we update the version number. And so SCCM would then say, oh, you know, you're on version 1.0, there's an updated version that's being pushed out, you're going to 1.1, that's where we put this. And then, okay. I think in, uh, in reference with SCCM, um, that's valuable information too, because you can use that um, and base your detection method off of the version number. So that if you do have the same application installed, but two different versions, you can, uh, SCCM will see as the new, see the new version is not installed because it's not the same version. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just SCCM. I should know, right? Like we're, we're saying SCCM and, and you and I have used SCCM a lot. There's probably a lot of people listening to this using SCCM a lot. There are probably some people that are using SCCM inappropriately. Um, you know, instead of, uh, I'm going to say this, right? I know a lot of people, and I've met a lot of people over the years who have done SCCM, and when they do something like this, instead of making it an application, they'll make it a program, and it doesn't have the same kind of detection methods, and they would lazily copy this file as part of a program, you know, as part of a program. Um, the good, there's the good when you do this, right? Not just SCCM, but also um, when you have other tools that go and monitor what kind of software is installed, um, 
you know, when you're doing an inventory of, of a system, a lot of these third-party tools scan the registry and look in these locations for applications and get the information on that to be able to turn back around and say, here's what's installed on, on the system. Um, so I stick to this because of that. Um, and I think when uh, anybody who sees the, um, what's that other app? Uh, the, our, our Team City, our Antoine's Team City SECM link um, project that relies very heavily on version information and putting information into the registry. Um, you know, any application, you know, other things you may want to put in here, locate, you know, file path. Um, and as I read this, as I look at this, I go, mm, I should put that in there. Um, we've put in uninstall information. Um, in this case, uh, I, I would I would have a separate uninstaller that would just remove that hive and delete the file and the folder. Okay, uh, Antoine, you, if you wouldn't, uh, okay. if, if you could expand a little bit, uh, and it's probably more for my my knowledge as well. What would be the advantage mm -hmm. of doing it as a exe over doing it as an application when it comes to the install? You mean, oh, you mean using the SCCM program action as opposed to well, yeah. Um, application. Okay, so I guess that makes sense because if you use it as an application, then within the application, you're saying that's when they copy over yeah. the exe. Okay. Right. Okay. So, so you know, and I'm I'm speaking from experience with with people I've spoken with over time, and um, so the advantage. There's no advantage. Uh, okay. The reason to use. We're going to get into. To, to my rules here. The reason to use program in SCCM is specifically to be able to run a program at a given time, right? It's not to install software. It is to say like, um, let's say you have a process that, that scans through the system um, on a schedule at a, at a scheduled time, right? You may say like, why don't you make it a scheduled task? Well, you could, um, but sometimes people will disable those on their own systems. Um, you don't always get notified if if that doesn't run. Um, if you need to update things, it's much quicker to update one thing rather than to say, update it and then push that update to all these scheduled tasks, right? Across your environment, right? That's prone to failure. Um, so the actual program feature in SCCM at this point is designed to run a, a program, a, a one-time program that you can just schedule to repeat over and over again. The application aspect is meant to actually install something onto the system that will stay there for whatever period of time. 
right? That will be used much like edge or, um, you know, office or something like that. Those are designed, the application segment of SCCM is designed to push those out, right? The, the reason people would do programs is because they say like, oh, I can just say, do this, copy this file to here as a program and let it be, right? And it's quick and easy, right? Because a lot of people don't think about the detection method. Do I need a detection method? Well, some people get intimidated by this. I, I'll be honest, right? The first time I did it, I was scared to death, right? But the detection method is, <laughs> yeah. But the detection method is is really easy um, once you do it, right? Once you understand what it's looking for. Sometimes it gets intimidating when you're like, well, this application's a little bit different. Um, you know, and in many of those cases, it's the application was, and the installer for it were done poorly. Um, and as a result, it's difficult to get that information. It, it, it's difficult to figure out what that information should be. Um, and so, it, you know, but it's important to know what that information is, right? From from assisted min standpoint, because if you have to clean that application out, you need to know what you're cleaning out. That's you know, true. and that that registry information can give you a lot of details about where it's located and everything instead of trying to like skim through folders. Yeah, not every program cleans itself up completely either. So that's the other part uh, problem with it. You definitely, and then the more custom your installers become, the more custom your uninstaller has to become because everything you did do, you have to undo if you're going to uninstall, right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, now, the only reason I don't have like an like an uninstall string here or something like that, the things that we built in internally, we just usually have an uninstaller if we do have one located on our own you know, through SCCM. So it's a click of a button for, for people. Um, and also these aren't things that are intertwined into a lot of system processes either. Right, this is not like a super, super complicated. No. Right, so. No, when, once you want to have to get into super complicated, this is where install shield uh, something like install shield or wise that's where these those guys are, are the thing to go to now you could you could write powershell it out it, that's not difficult at all but you get to a point where it gets really really difficult to go through all the nitty-gritty whereas something like install shield or wise will just like walk you through the very uh, walk you through this and then just kind of set up a the MSI appropriately. 
that one I do not have a lot of experience with that. I probably because MSIs, like you said um, in the beginning, they are definitely easier to deal with because you don't have to customize as much, and they usually have flags that you can use when you're installing and uninstalling to customize your install as well. So that's yeah, that's definitely an advantage of having an MSI over an EXE. Yeah. Well, it, I said this before too. A lot of EXEs are pretty simple. Um, and if you if you know, if like a lot of them are done via install shield, because that's you know that's that's been the industry leader for a long time. Um, you know, and a lot of people have stuck to these flags like silent, right? Or slash S, slash silent, slash S, slash very silent, right? Those things really, really stick out. Um, you know, and then you go to MSIs and then you, you learn the joys of Q, slash Q or slash QN, or there's one application I had to deal with and the only way it installed without human interaction was I had to do QB minus. That's the only time I've used QB minus. Um, so it's quiet. So slash Q will in most applications still show you like the whole process of the installation on screen, right? It'll give you this modal, it'll show you the progress, et cetera, et cetera. Um, QB will show you a basic modal, which it depends on the application, but it may not show a progress bar and it won't show steps. It'll just show like this particular application. I can't remember the name of it. This particular application though, it would just show the box with the logo, right? Um, and then it would go away when it's done. Um, Q, QB minus in this particular case actually hid the modal. Um, but QN, which is quiet and like no window, right? It didn't work in this application's case, right? Um, QB minus still tells the installer that there is a modal being displayed, right? Whereas QN says nothing's being displayed to the user. And so in that case, because nothing was being displayed the way this particular application was written, it just, the installer was written, it just kind of, it said, oh, I can't do this. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, this particular application had like some aspect of needing the person logged in or something or with an active window session. And that's why it need to be QB. Um, yeah, I mean, not all applications are built the same, that's for sure. No, no, and, and I can't, I, I, you know, there are plenty of, of applications I will, throw fits about this this isn't one of them as annoying as it was this was not one of them um but it was obscure it's it's obscure 
right? To do QB minus, right? Or even QB plus, or I think it's QB exclamation point. Like those are all obscure flags to use with an MSI. I think the worst one I've ever had to deal with had to be the Legos, um, like school system set that they had. Like that was the most frustrating. And then I had to do a chain install from SCCM in order to install all the the add-ons with it, which wasn't too bad. The initial issue was just trying to get it installed. For some reason, the documentation wasn't very clear on how to, how to install it in a certain way. And then I had to go and go on like multiple websites to find how other people were installing it. And then I had to piece together multiple websites to figure out how to install this one application. And then once I got that one done, everything was okay. But it was just, that was one of the most frustrating things I've ever had to deal with. But it, it, more than likely, it was probably my inexperience. That I think that was my very first application install, but it was definitely a nightmare for me. The first time's always the worst, <laughs> especially if you get something, something that isn't straightforward. Yeah, um, we used to work with a guy. He's he was a nice guy, but um, his his first time soloing like an MSI. I checked on him a week later. He's like, "I'm still working on it," right? And I'm like, "What do you mean you're still working on it?" Because yeah, it's just I I can't quite figure it out, right? Um, you know, and I'm like, you know, it's okay to ask. And that's, that's what you have to do. Now, at some point, you know, you're a week later and you can't, you can't do an MSI. You probably should, you definitely need to be asking for help. Um, um, and he didn't, which was in itself a problem. Um. You know, but um, I, I think sometimes that's that's along the lines of you know you're trying not like for me I've I've been in that situation before where I've definitely taken way too long on an issue and I hesitated to mm -hmm. ask and I think it's along the lines of trying to either prove yourself or you just I don't know um, maybe everybody seems like they're super busy and you don't want to tack on to what they're doing as well so. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think you're right. There's that. There's the sense of like I don't want to seem like I'm I'm an idiot, right? And um, you know, put a target on my head. Like maybe I need to go. Everybody's got their own skills, right? Like. You're not going to lose a job because you struggle with MSI, right? But at the same time, this is one of those things that's well documented, right? It's not like he was handed something obscure, right? Google, how to silently install an MSI, right? Um, let's be honest here. We all Google. Anybody who's sitting over there going like, I've never Googled before. Right? Yes, you have. And you're just gonna, you know, lies. But Absolutely. yeah, lies. 
Now, if you're in an interview and you start Googling and you and somebody hears tip click 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 click, you know, that's a problem. Right? Tip for today. If you're in an interview and you don't know the answer, just say I don't know. And okay. to add on to that, if you do if you do if you know if you knew the answer and you don't know it at that very moment. Sometimes it is okay to follow up, like especially if you do like uh, thank you letters or thank you follow up email. Yeah. You can put in the answer afterwards. So, just a yeah. I I have had more respect for people who said I don't know to me in interviews than anybody else. Right. The um and at the same time, I think we had a stretch of a lot of interviews. One time, and I think like three of them were basically three of them in a row. The person either had teared up or was very much shaken, not because they didn't know the answer. Well, okay, it was in part because they didn't know the answer, but the problem was they tried to sell themselves as like knowing all these things. And once it got to start asking the hard questions, and I'll be honest, like, you know, at the company we're with, um, you know, the the team you're on, Antoine, is uh, I'm sure you you know very well. Is while it's a frontline team, it is not the same as in in most other companies. You you guys are doing SCCM stuff. You guys have a very strong PowerShell knowledge base. You guys own infrastructure. Um, that would normally be managed by, at the very least, a tier three team, if not a, a specifically a server team, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely um, very a very unique situation, to say the least. Yeah, but and 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 I understand, right? Somebody's going to come up and say, like, I know PowerShell, right? And then you ask them, like, in, like, tell me what your level of knowledge is, right? I've had people who they'll put it on their, their resume, and they're like, and, and when I've interviewed them, they go, "Well, I've done this and I've done that," and they'll explain the things that they've done, right? Well, have you written a script? No, not really. Okay, that that changes things, right? Because writing a script is a whole different thing than doing commands, right? one-liner commands um okay and then you start asking okay in your one-liner commands have you done x right like just to get a sense of where they are right but then you get these guys that are they put it on their resume and then they they're very stubborn and they say like i know it all okay um one question that one guy told me he goes this is you know, this tells you a lot. It's like, ask him what the longest script was uh, that they've written, right? And I had one guy who was, who wouldn't answer that question, right? He just refused. That's weird. Um, yeah, right? Some people would be like, oh, yeah, I wrote like a 20-liner, right? Uh, you know, 20's, fu 20's fine. You know, you know, somebody who's coming into a team like yours, 
having written a couple of scripts that are twenty lines, perfectly respectable. I don't. Um, when I got there, I don't think I've even done that many lines in one script. I think I've only done. I was stringing together commands in one PowerShell script. You know, but I guess. I, I, um, <laughs> I you you know full well what my my biggest one is, and it's. It was fifteen thousand lines at its peak. Ridiculous. <laughs> and for people who are listening, don't do fifteen thousand lines oh, in one script. I was so lost trying to trying to figure out <laughs> what that script was doing because it, it, for me personally, like if you break it up, then you can you know separate by you know, responsibility, and then you can go into that part. And then you can troubleshoot or you can, like, if you're reading the manuscript and then you're going back to the part that is doing a certain function or whatever, then you can kind of like, okay, so at this point it's doing this function and returning this information or this data. And then, you know, yeah. and you just keep moving along. But see, the 15, the, the really long one, I just, <laughs> I was just losing myself in the script line by line. I just couldn't, it was probably and, my fault. And the worst part is? The worst part is I knew where things were. When somebody would say, like, hey, there's a bug when I do this. Oh. And they're like, what? And I'm like, line 10,251. And they go, what? And I jump down to that line. And they go, you really know which line everything is is on? And I go, yeah, unfortunately. You know, it went. It was. It was the perfect script to demonstrate scope creep. Um, because you start off with this one thing, it does one job, right? And then people go like, but can it do this? Oh, yeah, that's that's just a few lines, right? And then you 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 add that right, and then they go back to the original task of the script, and they go, okay, this works, but what we need is this additional, these additional steps. Okay, I can add that, right? And next thing you know, like a script that legitimately is probably 200, 300 lines, right, turns into a thousand, then three thousand. And next thing you know, it's 15,000 lines. And should it be 15,000 lines? No. But that's probably, that's you know what? That's a conversation for next time we talk. <laughs> I, mean, I will say this. like There will be times where you get into situations where you're, you're trying to get it done. And you're not necessarily <laughs> following uh, what would be considered best practices, you know? So, I mean, I, no. can't, I can't judge you, especially when I've done things like that myself. Where I've written well, some semi-complicated scripts with like no comments, and then I had to go back and comment it up so you know people would understand this is how it I goes. still don't write comments. I still don't write comments, and and I, I think there were so when I was doing that script and a bunch of other tools that I wrote, it was me. Like the team, the teams scripting ability was me um so like for the rest of 
the rest of the team, it was hieroglyphics, right? And and I'd sit and I'd go like, okay, I've done this new this new section. Let's talk about it. And we'd talk it through, right? Eyes would be glazed over. I've been there. You know? Yeah. But anyways, this 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 thing has gone long enough today. So I'm gonna say goodbye. All right. I will see you around. And you guys be safe yeah. out there. See you later, guys.